This week, my guest is going to be a good friend of mine, Mike Karen from Get Burly at worldwideweb.getburly.com. I don't even know what's going to happen, so let's jump in. Check it out. You guys are going to love it. That's this week on the Badass Agile Podcast. Greetings, team. Welcome to the Badass Agile Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Williams. Hey, Mike. How's it going, brother? Fantastic, Chris. How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing great. It's great to hear your voice, man. How are you? I am phenomenal. I'm phenomenal. Thank you so much for asking. It's awesome to be here with you today, my brother. It's a real privilege to have you on the show. Now, listen, you and I don't know each other real well, but there's something special that we got going on. We've got something in common, and that's what made me want to have you on the show. So I'm going to let you talk. Why don't you tell the tribe how we know each other? And then I want you to let us know your backstory, man. Like, what what is your vision? Who do you serve and why? No doubt. Thank you so much for asking that question. I got two words for you. Unbeatable mind. Uh, Chris and I are part of an elite tribe of individuals that are seeking to become the best version of ourselves through across all domains of life. Um, we're attacking our five mountains, which for the tribe, just to kind of just touch base really quickly, we're, we're really trying to be the best version of ourselves in an integrated way that covers every aspect of humanity. We're holding each other accountable to it. It's an amazing program put together by Lieutenant Commander Mark Devine and his amazing program. And, you know, it just feels great to be connected to Chris in this light. Uh, we both came to this program about five years ago. And so immediately, although we haven't known each other that long, we've established this tremendous connection around a vision of service to humanity, um, becoming the best version of ourselves, but in service to something greater. I love it. And I'm fired up right now. So let me ask you a question. What do you think is different about our tribe from the rest of the population, the other 99%? It's a great question. Um, one thing I would say is this accountability piece. We, we we're in a boat crew, we're working together to hold each other accountable. And I think when you're, when you're aligned with people that are hunting on the same mission as you, and you're really truly holding one another accountable, it's, it's a separating factor. And it's, it's something that I, th I think people will start down the path, but what separates us is the ability to consistently hold each other accountable to these incredibly high standards and not just across one domain of life, but across all domains of life. Can you tell us a little bit about your backstory, Mike? Like what got you here? How'd you get to where you are today? Absolutely. Uh, so I, you know, I, I come from an athletic background. I come from a coaching background and I know with badass agile, one of the things that we're seeking to accomplish is to create the most incredible result possible, setting the bar so incredibly high in what we would call a VUCA environment. And so with the Unbeatable Mind program, we're training with Navy SEALs. Again, what separates us? You asked that question earlier. We're literally training with the best of the best. So, you know, I think of, in sports, sometimes we talk about a high pressure situation. We talk about, let's give an example in basketball, where a team is maybe trying to put on a full court press and come back from a 10 point deficit, get a few turnovers, score a few baskets. Maybe you're even on the free throw line with a second left and the game's on the line and you got to hit both shots to either tie or to win. That's pressure. But what a Navy SEAL 
and a SEAL team deals with on a regular basis as far as pressure far surpasses that. So to go to the best of the best and to realize what these elite teams are doing, to work together, to strategize, to remain calm under pressure-filled situations, to learn to truly depend and rely on each other, not necessarily to win a game, but to save one another's lives. You and I both have sought out that information with intent and with purpose so that we can serve our tribes from a place of authenticity and a place of genuine service. And so in my experiences as a athletics coach, I have learned many different techniques along the way. And my experience with the SEALs has served to reinforce those concepts as far as working together to achieve common goals. And I know in a lot of the corporations that we go to, we can't necessarily, or we, do, we didn't have the ability necessarily to have chosen our coworkers right. and the employees that we surround ourselves with. It's very similar to that in, let's say, for example, public school, high school athletics, which has been most of my experience, where you just have to coach whoever's, whoever ends up coming to your school. And so you learn to adapt and to modify and to strategize around this, again, that VUCA environment, volatile, you know, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And when we can thrive, not just learn to survive, but to thrive in that environment, now we're on to something special. And so some of the tools, tips, strategies, track tactics that I've learned throughout the course of my career uh, as 40 seasons of coaching high school athletics, football, basketball, and baseball, three different sports, all unique challenges, um, inner city, um, you know, it, a really intense environment that I've been involved in. And I've intentionally sought that out because of the challenge. I've run directly into the challenge. I've run directly into the fire with intent and with purpose and with clarity. And one of the things that I've realized throughout all of this time, which has been reinforced by our experiences with Unbeatable Mind and the Navy SEALs, is this concept of being ready to lead and ready to follow. And so understanding what that means. And so it's always what is in the best interest of the team? And what role do I need to play? And what role do I need to facilitate others playing in terms of what is going to best impact the team? And so I've always really channeled the energy of this concept, ready to lead, ready to follow. And when and why you're going to do that is always dependent on the unique needs of your team. Mm -hmm. But the only way you can know those needs is if you intentionally get to know your players, your coworkers, your family, your tribe. And this takes patience and this takes practice and this takes consistency. So I got to, let's get specific if we can. Imagine if you will, someone in my tribe and picture a team room with, you know, no windows and there's all these developers who have been shuttled into a room and you've got unwilling business partners who they just want the developers to get stuff done and the developers feel like the business doesn't understand them and we're not on the same page. So there's all of these tensions and problems that come with this unnatural teaming. You go in there, Mike, as a coach, what would you tell the leader in that room to do differently? to try and create some synergy and energy and transform that into a culture of high performance. What you mentioned, you got to practice. What are some of the practices that you would recommend? Great question. So just to go back before we can go forward from those experiences, from those 40 years of coaching and from my experience with the seals, I formed a company. It's called get burly. Yes. And what get burly is about the term burly itself refers to strong, sturdy, and well-built. 
Right. And so we're talking about the development of inner strength, developing strength from the inside out. And in order to create a culture that permeates the boardroom, that permeates the locker room, that is contagious amongst the members of your tribe, you have to embody the change that you wish to see. And so for a leader in that in that room, if you are trying to create a situation where there's more synergy amongst the team members, then you yourself have to be willing to do whatever it takes. And that for me has meant a wide array of things. So for me in a leadership role, that has meant, I'll give you the example of a, a player. And I, I t- Chris, I told you the story before. I'm just going to tell it again for your audience. Yes. Um, an uninvested player that was having tremendous difficulty. You could compare this to an uninvested worker that was having difficulty in a wide array of capacities. Any w- way, any which way you could measure difficulties, this particular individual was having them. Commitment to the team, um, focus, diligence, staying on track. But I knew that this particular individual was talented. I just needed to find a way to draw it out. And he was academically ineligible and he couldn't be on the team. And a lot of times a coach would just say, you know what, forget him and move forward. But I will never give up on somebody that's invested in my tribe. And so whether they arrived accidentally, whether they arrived after you came in, they're there. That individual is a member of your tribe. Mm -hmm. And there's got to be a sense of dignity, honor, respect, and pride in that because we're here together and we're working on a mission together. Like we're in this together. Yeah. And so this involved with me several meetings with this particular individual, several meetings with, I had to get to know him, his needs, what was going on in his life. And with this particular individual, what I found out was that there's a reason why he was academically ineligible, which was resulting in his inability to participate effectively. Mm-hmm. And that was because his mother was working three different jobs. He, there was no father involved in the picture. His brother was severe special needs and was getting up in the middle of the night because he had an inclination to go down to hear the trains at night and he would escape from his room and be gone missing. And this particular player, because his mother was out working late hours, had to go find his brother, protect him, save him, bring him back home because of his disabilities. And he wasn't sleeping at night and therefore he wasn't able to get his studies right. So instead of just saying, forget it, I had to learn those things. That took me going the extra mile to discover what these things were. And I said to him, I looked him in the eye and I said, I will not give up on you. It's not part of who I am. It will never be part of who I am. Together, you and I are going to find a way. Did that mean that I had to go above and beyond? Absolutely. Sometimes as a leader, we are going to have to go above and beyond. It wasn't within the parameters of my job responsibilities to have countless meetings with his mother, with his counselor, with his academic deans, with his family. It, that was not within the parameters of my work. but if this was going to happen, then that's what I needed to do. So it's about investing. It's about making an investment into the lives of your coworkers, of your employees that extends far beyond the walls of the workplace. Wow. And so that's what I would say to those particular individuals. And and it's going to take, but here's the thing. Once you, once you go the extra mile, I'll tell you just, just this one example, and I could give you a hundred examples, but just this one example, he ended up being the, in in his senior year, he finally pulled it all together. He ended up being the best player on our team and he ended up going to college and going to play college baseball. And two years ago, just even the idea of attending college wasn't even on his map, wasn't even on the radar. He was going to flunk out of school 
and there were, there were not going to be a lot of life options for him. Okay. Now so many doors are open to him because wow. one person, and it doesn't matter that it was me. It matters that it happened. That's all that matters is the fact that it happened. And so where, where are our employees? Where are our coworkers in their lives? What can we do to extend, to get to know who they are and what their struggles are? Because when we invest in people, it compels them to invest in the mission because everybody wants to serve something greater than themselves in some capacity. It's part of human nature. I believe that too, man. I get you might, you know, the hairs on your neck stand up when you tell that story, dude. And first of all, thank you for doing that because you just saved a kid, some nameless, faceless kid somewhere down there in, in, uh, in America where you're serving every day in the education system and beyond, you know, you changed that kid's life. Now let's get specific because most people, as you say, don't know to invest. And when we fail to make the investment, we fail the team because it's exactly that investment that makes you elite. That sets you apart from all your competitors, from every other leader that that kid's ever met. How, how do you get to know that person? How do you get in? Because they're going to be a closed book when you meet them. So one of the questions I know my tribe is going to have for you is how do you do that? How do you make that relationship? How do you get that information out of them so you can really connect? That's an amazing question, Chris. And just to, to really get specific about it, it's about vulnerability. It's about being willing to open yourself up. So many people are closed off. And what we want to do is we want to establish that human connection. And when our coworkers, when our team, I like to think of everything as a team. And I don't care where you are on the pedestal of the hierarchy, we're all part of a team. When the team sees you vulnerable, they're going to be naturally more inclined to let you in. So again, it's leading from the front. That's the example. That's how you, that's how you make a connection to people. By you yourself being willing to be open and vulnerable. So here's an area that I know you're passionate about, which is how do we get people to stretch and to commit and lean in and be gritty? Because it's one thing to have that kid and create a relationship with them. It's another thing to now inspire them to a higher level of performance. To do that, I need to show you your edges, Mike. I need to say, here's where you are. Here's where you need to grow. And then I need you to commit to daily practice to make you better. That's why Badass Agile exists, is the small increments of change that over time multiply to create a completely different kind of leader. So here's, let's talk about some thoughts about how to get that out of people. If I have a team member and I know they have gaps and I know that I need them to change and I need them to commit to higher levels of performance, what are the conversations that you have with that person to show them their gaps and to get them to commit to leaning into the hard work? It's about consistency in your practice, right? So the, there's conversations, but then there's opportunities for trial and error. There's opportunities for success. So creating a space, creating a culture where it doesn't matter whether it's your coworkers, your team, has the opportunity to stick their neck out there and to take a risk and the space that's created is encouraging, it's bold, it's safe, it's supportive. And when that environment is there consistently across all domains, it's not just there with one teammate, it's there with every single teammate. And there's consistency in that promotion of a positive attitude towards risk-taking, 
and the ability to, like you said, lean into the hard stuff, stick your neck out there, encourage, encourage failure, encourage it, encourage failure. What mistake did you make today? That's a conversation I have with my tribe every single day because I want you to make mistakes and I want you to look at them and then to fail forward fast, to lean into those mistakes. But you can't have an environment. You can't have a workplace. You can't have an athletic team where your team members are scared to make a mistake. You've got to create the environment where mistakes are encouraged. And failure is perceived as fertilizer rather than crap. Something to learn from, something to grow from. I know my team is going to love that. Let me give you an example. Here's what I love about our tribe is that I can say to you today, I can say, Mike, where are you failing hard today? What's, what's the one thing that you're avoiding, dreading, or just twisted up in knots about? So give me an, an answer, real or imagined, doesn't matter. Give me an answer to that question. What are you really failing hard at today? 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 I want to I be authentic with you. I don't want to give you some fluff answer. So, Because everything between you and I has always been real. Right. So it, like literally right now, today, I'm struggling with, I, I, I really want to be with my family. Okay. I really, I really feel like I, I, I want to create more authentic time with my family and I'm going to do it, but it's just something that I'm, um, I, I want to lean into. Right. So you and I can have that conversation right now and you give me a straight answer and it's from the heart and it's, it can be hard to talk about. When you're dealing with a new team member, they're not going to go there first. So one of the things that you have to do is create that conversation bi-directionally. The way you put it is you go first. So as Mm -hmm. a leader, I'm going to come in the room every day. And when I ask for the discussion about where did you fail hard today, I'm going to go first. So I'm going to Mm -hmm. say, you know what? I've got some expenses that I've been putting off submitting and it's causing me stress because it's not done. It's not done. It's not done. It's not done. Now, sooner or later. You have that conversation back with me. You tell me where you're failing hard. And then that opens up that space of trust for you to say, hey, you know what I'm noticing is that procrastination is a common theme in your daily retrospective. So sounds like that is a challenge tailor-made for you. So that's exactly where we're going to focus. So I'm now going to get you to stretch, but just an inch. So where's one safe place where you can stretch today, where if you fail, no big deal. So let's pick one area where it's not so scary. The cost of failure is not so high, where you can learn and improve and really see yourself for the first time. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head. And what you just talked us through was an example of courage and vulnerability. So I get fired up about this stuff. You know, so many times in the workplace, it's numbers, 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 productivity, 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 but there's always a driving force behind that. Yeah. And if you ignore the driving force behind that, you might get lucky. You might hit some numbers here and there, but it's not going to be consistent. The driving force behind that is what I get fired up about. And it's about the interaction. It's about the vulnerability. It's about opening up. It's about making connection. It's about finding a way to push through these artificial barriers that exist in society today because everything is so technology-based and there's, you know, there's, it's a double-edged sword, man. There's, there's a lot of positive to it, but we got to push through that. We got to have real interaction. We got to have human touch. We've got to look each other in the eye and we've got to let people know in an authentic way that we're here to support them because look, we, we all know there's power in numbers, right? And we, you know, it's, it goes back to, you know, Rudyard Kipling, 
right? The law of the jungle. And I, and I, I just, I always go back to that. I always go back to the sense that, you know, this is the law of the jungle is old and as true as the sky. And those that shall keep it will prosper. The, those that shall break it must die as the creeper that girdled the tree trunk, this law runneth forward and back. The strength of the pack is the wolf and the strength of the wolf is the pack. That mentality, it, it doesn't happen accidentally. It's intentionally worked upon on a day to day basis in all the little things that you do. And just like you said, you hit the nail on the head. It starts with your example. Be the example. Consistently be the example. Consistently with intent, create an example where you can set yourself up in front of your team to be vulnerable and to encourage human connection. So you just got to go first. Yes, sir. So tell me a little bit more about Get Burly because you got a whole system put together where you're putting people through different kinds of challenges and it goes way beyond vulnerability. So tell me about that total package. What does Get Burly do to create elite performance in teams? I really appreciate you asking that question. And, you know, I, I just love, I love being here with you, man. I love these conversations because I'm just so fired up about teamwork. I'm so fired up about people getting excited about connection and about the power that we have to make positive change inside and outside the workplace when we lean into difficulty and we lean into each other to attack that difficulty. Because there's nothing like a tribe of people that are hunting together on the same mission. It just, it feels so good to have your tribe locked in. And that's what we do at Get Burly. You know, like I talked about, we're, we're here to develop strength from the inside out. So mental toughness, emotional resiliency, physical toughness. And having the, the understanding that real strength stems from the inside. And so what we do with teams is we put them through a series of challenges where they have no choice but to work together to achieve common goals. We really dial in with the leader of the team. It could be an athletic coach, could be CEO of an organization. What's the mission statement? What are we looking to accomplish here? And then we, we, we infiltrate the system and we put we put the team in the most uncomfortable situations and we told that line where we're just on the edge of being so uncomfortable that somebody might fall, but we help them walk that line and we help them understand how to lean on each other to get through the challenges and their mental challenges, their physical challenges, their emotional challenges, their even spiritual challenges. And what it does is it forges this unity amongst the team because they have to lean in together in order to get through these challenges and they learn about each other and they learn what makes one another's clock tick and they learn when they're pushed to the edge what are the buttons what are the buttons that send this person over the edge and how can i help support them through those unique challenges so that we can together move forward in the direction of our choosing and so one of the things that we always talk about is everybody wants to be in the driver's seat of their own life we want to put you right there not, not a lot of people are there they might think they're there but their the habits routines and rituals of their life don't match up with yeah. who they're trying to be and so we want to put, we want to, we want to give you the tools through these series of challenges, through challenging you in a lot of different ways and helping you lean into each other and then putting into some practice some breathing techniques and some journaling and some mental visualization that align with who you're working to become. And we won't, what, what's going to happen as a result of this, it's an inflection point. Your eyes are going to be open to a different possibility in your life. And then we're giving you the habits, routines, and rituals to follow through on that. How does it feel when it happens, Mike, when you see someone just light up and they all of a sudden are like, oh my God, I get it now. That's the beat that makes my clock tick. Ah. That's what I was put on this earth to do. 
Hey, can you can you give us an example of one of those exercises, you know, even just a small scale that maybe because in Agile, we have something called Agile Games, which are constantly trying to prove the benefit of taking small risks or minimizing upfront planning. Can you give us an example of a game that you might run that these guys could maybe try? Yes. So there's, because <laughs> I'm, I'm, a lot of the stuff we do is very extreme. So like when you first said that, I'm thinking of like jumping off cliffs into like rapids. Like we, we do all kinds of stuff to get people. We just worked with a, a mortgage brokerage team and you know, just a real simple activity. One of, you know, this is, this is something small, but again, just kind of getting to understand each other. Right. So, so many people that are working together literally don't even know each other's names. So just a small activity. I love this It's name origin, right? So you're partnered up with somebody that you're working with on a day-to-day basis. Hopefully it's somebody that you don't know. Uh, maybe it's from a different department and we're partnered up with somebody that we, we don't know intentionally and we're creating the name origin story. So we're getting down. What's your name? What's your first name? What's your middle name? How, why were you named that? You know, do you have any nicknames? What's that about? And all of a sudden you get these funny stories. Like for me, you know, people call me white chocolate for a lot of <laughs> different reasons. You know, I was smooth on the basketball court. Yeah. I had a good crossover move. Um, you know, depending upon who you ask, I got some moves on the dance floor. So what it does, and then what you do is you have the opposite person introduce that team member to the entire group. Right. And what happens is you just start to get to know each other. It, you laugh, you open up a little bit, you get to know something, and it creates this chemistry in the workplace that maybe wasn't there before. And that's just an, a real easy one. I'll give you another one real quick. Um, but that's a good one just to kind of get the ball one. rolling. Um, another one that that we like to do, and this depends on the mission of the mission statement of the company, but you every company has a mission statement, has some core values. But one of the things we talk about is it deriving from the group. So you talked about, you know, coming into a, a work situation where there are employees that already exist. You didn't necessarily hand choose them, and, but they're there and we got to figure out a way to work together, but we want the buy-in. Like the buy-in is not just going to automatically be there. And a lot of times buy-in has to be created together. You can't just jam it down somebody's throat. Right. It's got to be created together. So what we do is we, we work together in groups and we create what are called non-negotiables. And one of the things we love to talk about is being impeccable with your word. So I'm not going to utter something unless it holds value, unless it holds meaning. Mm -hmm. So when we develop these non-negotiables, we have to be impeccable with our word. This has to be something that we're willing to work through and hold each other accountable to. And so we have the groups work in teams to develop on their own, with their own thoughts, their own mind. They have the mission statement. They have the company's core values. But what are some non-negotiables that they believe in, that they believe the company should hold themselves to? And then what they do is they come up in front of the whole group and they present those non-negotiables, the things that they think are important, the things that they believe and are willing to hold each other accountable to that are going to get this ship moving in the right direction. Yeah. And I always love doing that. We have this one retreat that we do up in Maine in the White Waters along the Penobscot River. And so we talk about these non-negotiables, the teams present them, and then we get in the water and we paddle, right? So it's like, now you have to be paddling in the same direction. Like now, if you don't, you're not, you're not going to get anywhere. So the buy-in, and I love this, I love the idea of it coming from the team. You know, so over the summer, we worked with three teams and Two of them just won their league championship and the third one just won the state championship. And one of the things that we did with the coaches was we developed these non-negotiables with the team. The coaches weren't even there. The team relayed all this information about what they felt was most important for them to be as successful as possible. And then we gave that information to the coaches. And the, what, the team that just won the state championship had it posted, all of the non-negotiables all over the gym walls. 
when they accepted their state championship trophy. Wow. So it, because it doesn't, it, it, it's coming from them, the buy-in, it has to, you can't force feed people things. Sure. It, 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 but when people feel invested because it was something they came up with, as long as it aligns with the mission statement and the core values, then we're good, bro. And we're moving in a really great direction. So those are just two activities that can really be done anywhere that, you know, we've gotten really good at fostering the development of those, um, that can be done, you know, anywhere. We have more extreme things, like I said, that we do outside to really challenge people. But those are just two, you know, quick examples that can be done anywhere. Well, hey, listen, corporate, corporate environments, you got to be a little bit cautious. So it's good. I always find it's good to start small and then expand the edges in terms of, you know, the, the risk of it. I mean, we n- may never get to cliff jumping for insurance reasons, but, <laughs> but listen, it's what's important is not so much the intensity or the physical nature or the sheer risk or dread, but it's the crucible experience, which means we went through something together. Because that's what creates the bond. And without the bond, there's no accountability. So you spoke about what we call a team creed, which is our unwritten rules that we design ourselves. But there's a caveat. The end of that sentence is that we hold each other accountable to. So if one team member is not invested and they're not in it, they're not honoring those rules. We got nothing. We have no, we have nothing to hold us up. And to hold each other accountable unless we're bonded, unless we care about each other, we trust each other. And to my mind, you as a leader going first is part one, but part two, dipping everybody's feet in, in a crucible experience is the other 50% of the equation. So it's so important. And as agile teams, we do games and we do initiation procedures, but I'm not sure we get the importance of them, that that one experience to bond the team sets the tone for the rest of our development and the rest of our journey. Yeah, Chris, that accountability piece is just, it's, it's so imperative. And, you know, one of the things we always do at the end, and this is sacred, this is, this is special, unless you've experienced one of our events, this, you know, we really don't talk about it, but arms are locked. There's the physical touch. You're looking each other in the eye after you've gone through some, some difficult stuff. It doesn't have to be physical, right? Challenges are, there's so many different ways to challenge groups and we, we, we've learned a lot of them but your arms are interlocked. You're looking at each other in the eye and you're saying side by side, you are my teammate. And no matter what happens, I got your back. Yeah. And so there's this sense of camaraderie. There's a sense of unity. There's a sense of commitment. And we, you know, we, we get in front of the fire. We always find a fire because it's so, it has that essence of it's, it's just so primordial and people, there's this connectedness to it. And we have people open up and we make a vow. You know, a lot of times we hear this word vow and we associate it with marriage vows, wedding vows. Why why can't we make that sacred commitment in other areas of our life too? So we make a vow in front of the fire and we drop a log into the fire and the fire always starts very, very low, but we make a commitment to one another to bring out the best in each other individually and collectively to bring out the best in each other because it's about being a teammate is a it's about life right we just have one we got to attack it and so we put this log on the fire and the fire always starts low but then what happens the power of the collective as everybody makes a vow a commitment a sacred commitment to the team that fire rises and so there's that visual to connect to and so when we think about this accountability piece i always think of that fire let's go back to the fire the fire dies if we don't Mm-hmm. Stay true to the commitments that we have made. And it's just about consistency, right? So what are the practices? So there's the breath work, there's the journaling, there's 
all of these things that we can do that are going to allow us to continue along the path that we've set. But it's about consistency. And like you said, the accountability piece and, you know, that structure can be set up in many different ways. Heck, we, we had battle buddies on all, every team I ever coached, we had battle buddies. So if, if one person uh, didn't hold their end, then they were connected to another person and they didn't hold their end either. And so there were consequences for both of them. Right. So I think there's ways to incorporate that vision into your culture. There's ways to incorporate accountability into your culture. So I'm going to recap for the tribe, everything that you've shared so far today. You talked about making real and authentic connections. Start by caring. So know where you're going in terms of vision and what your purpose is, and then start caring about other people, have the authentic communications. And you do that by leading from the front, which means going first. You also spoke about having crucible experiences that bring people together in a dynamic and rapid way. And then you spoke about leaning into the hard work and showing up consistently with daily practices that make you stronger. Mike, I got to say, I'm so inspired by you. One of the things I love about our tribe is that, let's be blunt here, the way I met you is I was struggling with a physical exercise one day and without being asked, you just shot a video and sent it to me and said, Chris, here's how you do it. That kind of commitment and that kind of caring about other people is what makes teams strong. And we're part of a tribe where if you called me tomorrow and said, Chris, I need you in Boston now, I get on a plane and I come. Like it just, there's no question that that commitment is there between team members, between brothers. But I love your passion. I love what you bring. So I got to ask you, first of all, where can people find you online and on social media? Sure. Great. Uh, I appreciate it, man. You just got me fired up right now, man. I'm just fired up. And, you know, before I give you that, I just, you know, this, your tribe is so unique and I love listening to the, the information that you put out. There's always so many golden nuggets and so much value in such a short amount of time. It's digestible. And the fact that you're looking at ways to help people become who they need to be in order to show up, it, it's, it's just an awesome mission. And I feel so connected to it and so aligned to it. And, you know, I just love this tribe and I love the, the, the people that are gravitating towards you. And I know they help you as much as you help them. So it's just great to be a part of this. Everything that we do is all at Get Burley. So www.getburley.com, uh, at Get Burley on Twitter, at Get Burley. We've got our YouTube page, at Get Burley on Instagram, at Get Burley on Facebook. And it's G-E-T-B-U-R-L-Y not L-E-Y. Many people make that mistake. So get burly. Get burly, brother. I love it. Let me, let me put, throw down one last thing. I think this tribe needs to learn more about challenge and leaning into the hard work. So I got a challenge for you. And as we say in the teams, who's up? Get burly. I love it. I love it. Uh, so here's a challenge for you. Every once in a while, I want you to come on the show for a really quick segment where we throw down a challenge for the team to do something uncomfortable, to do something that's going to stretch their edges. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I want you to be the voice of that challenge. So you're going to come on this call with me once, uh, once a month, once every couple of weeks, whatever you can make time for. And we're going to throw down some challenges to the team in a special episode, and then they can take those examples and bring them back to their teams as a way of practicing that extreme accountability, that extreme discipline, and the commitment to show up and grow every day. What do you think? I'm up. I accept the challenge. I can't wait. 
you know me, brother. I'm all about service. Whatever I can do to add value to your tribe, man, I'm excited for it. Thank you so much. And I know if my members who are out there listening today, if they could talk to you, they would say thank you for being on this show, my man. We've been trying to do this for so many weeks now, and I'm so <laughs> happy that we got it done. Thank you, brother, for being in my life, for being who you are. Thank you for serving the young people of America. I love what you do, and you change lives every day, sir. I need you to hear that, and I need you to keep on doing it. I appreciate you, man. I can't wait to continue to serve your tribe as well. Likewise, and anything I can do for you, you let me know, and we will see you on the next episode. Am I right? Yes, sir. Okay, thanks, Mike. Have yourself a great day. All right, stay badass.